Hello, I'm Bob Bragdon, and you're listening to CSO Executive Sessions. CSO Executive Sessions is a twice-monthly podcast produced by CSO and IDG. Each episode, we sit down with leading security and risk executives to get their take on the challenges faced by their organizations. And today, we're on the line with Mark Weatherford, Chief Strategy Officer at the National Cybersecurity Center. Mark is the former Deputy Undersecretary of Cybersecurity at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and has held the CISO role for both large public and private sector organizations, including stints as the CISO of Colorado, California, NERC, and most recently, Booking Holdings. Mark, thanks for joining me today. Good morning, Bob. I'm glad to be here. So, over the past decade, we've watched CISOs have significantly more interaction with their boards of directors. They've become critical partners in driving risk management at their many organizations. What do you think's been behind this? So I think, you know, well, obviously, you know, cybersecurity, information security, um, privacy have become key topics of board meetings today. And the way I try to talk to the board and describe it to people is, you know, boards really do understand risk. They're very familiar with the risk. They understand financial risk. They understand competitive risk. They understand regulatory risk. And uh, I mean, that's the world they live in for the most part. But cybersecurity risk has, has been a bit new to them, even though, you know, they've been hearing about cybersecurity for years. I think just in the last couple of years, it's, it's become mom and apple pie to most boards to understand that this is a risk that we really need to be paying attention to because there's a lot of facets of it. So, you know, on the regulatory side, you have GDPR and now CCPA. Um, we have, you know, the, the ransomware aspect, you know, from a, from a threat environment um, where companies are now going, holy cow. That just happened to a competitor of ours. Could have that happened to us? Yeah. Where, yeah. you know, I think just a few years ago, it was kind of, you know, the information security was background noise. Now it's right in their face. So, so I think, you know, that is why they've become critical partners in, in really understanding risk and then driving risk management in the organization. Mm -hmm. Do you think most boards are well-versed in cyber risk? I mean, and regardless of the answer, I think there's always room for improvement. How do we improve it? But do you, first of all, do you think that they're well-versed in it? Unfortunately, no, they're not. Um, and, 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 and honestly, that was kind of a setup question. I know, I know. I'll, I'll, sure. And, and I think that's a shared responsibility. I don't think we as cybersecurity professionals have done a good enough job of educating our boards on cyber risk. At the same time, in my experience with boards is they don't spend enough time wanting to learn about the cyber risk. You know, you know, in my last job I had, I got time every quarter with my with either the full board or with the audit committee on the board. And they were, they took it seriously, but at the same time, we were always under this, <laughs> sounds crazy, but we're all under this time compression of how do we say everything we need to say in a very short window of time. Yeah. And, you know, I get it, you know, they have, uh, you know, when you have a board in front of you and they're there for a day and a half or a day or two days, they have a lot of material to cover. And, you know, and cyber is just this one little piece of it. And you're trying to, I mean, I could, I would have loved to talk to my board for four hours, but, you know, <laughs> I get, 
I get an hour on the agenda and, and oftentimes that hour would even get, get compressed down depending upon the ebb and flow of the meeting. So, mm -hmm. um, so I don't think they're well-versed in it. They're getting better at it. There are a number of organizations that have developed board level training programs, but again, the time commitment to go and go through one of these training programs, whether it's on-site or, or virtual class is, is, a, is a challenge for most board members because you know, face it, most board members are either a CEO of a company or they're on multiple boards. I mean, their, mm -hmm. their time is, is tough. But I think the way we improve it is we continue to be upfront with our board about the risks that our organization faces. Um, and, you know, and, and that means a whole lot of different things. Boards are receptive to it. It's just, it, unfortunately, it really is just a matter of prioritizing with all the other things a board has to worry about. Yeah. Did, when the NACD issued their guidance years ago, did that kind of change how boards looked at it when they started saying cybersecurity Absolutely. needs to be on the agenda of every board meeting? Absolutely. And, you know, I had to, I had to personally, you know, approve the 1K and 1Q every quarter and every year. And I tell you, if you're a CIO, CISO and you've never had to do that, it's gut check time because <laughs> you're literally you're literally saying, okay, everything in this document, you know, we're saying everything we know about our cyber risk uh, posture, and you're affirming, you're signing at the bottom <laughs> of that thing, which means you know there is you know there are big penalties, um, uh, civil penalties if if, yeah. if what you're stating is not accurate. So I remember the first time I I had to do it, and I thought. It really, I had to sit back and go, holy cow, you know, this is a big deal. So, so, I mean, to your point, I think, you know, SEC guidance has definitely made a big difference, certainly in the, in the fortune 500, fortune 1000 company category. Mm -hmm. So when we spoke the other day, you, you mentioned that you had some guidelines for building a relationship with the board. What are those? Yeah. So, uh, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, how do you deal with the board? And, and, and I, always come back to you have to have a relationship first before you can, you know, do all of the other things you need to do with the board. Mm -hmm. And, and, and this is by no means, you know, a all inclusive, but I've kind of boiled it down to six things that I, that I talk to people about and, and I give talks about it. And the single most thing, important thing that a CISO can do is inspire confidence. You know, mm -hmm. if, if you can inspire confidence in your board, your board has confidence in you, your board trusts you, then I think it gives you a lot of latitude to do a lot of the other things you need to do. You know, when you take the board a, a budget, when you take them a change in philosophy or a change in direction, if they have confidence that you're a mature person, you know what you're doing, you know, they're much more likely to to embrace that. Mm -hmm. The second thing, and, and you know, it, there's a lot of different ways to say this, but you need to be a student of the business. You need to understand how your company makes money. And I think this mm -hmm. is one of the, the biggest challenges for most CISOs, CISOs who come out of a technology background. They think the world evolves around technology when the reality is, listen, the company wouldn't hire us if they didn't have to. So it's really, really important for us to understand how the company makes money. And by that, I mean, 
you know, you have to understand all, you have to understand HR, you have to understand legal, you have to understand finance, you have to understand operations outside of security mm-hmm. because you have to understand how all that fits together and how security can support that to at the end of the day, the company making a nickel. So, you know, being a student of the business and, you know, one of my former colleagues at Henry Pra is the CISO at OpenTable. And I can remember my first introduction to Henry uh, when I first got to Booking Holdings. He described to me how OpenTable makes money, you know, nuts, you know, beginning to end, soup to nuts. And I thought, this is he, this guy, he could be the CEO of this company. He understands mm-hmm. how this company makes business. So it, it was the best example I ever heard of how a technologist can actually embrace how that. The yeah, it was, let me, is, let me just jump in there for a second. So yeah, I had an interesting conversation just a couple of days ago. I was interviewing um, uh, Meredith Harper over at Eli Lilly. And she was talking about how she has spent so much time with every part of the Lilly business to get an understanding of what is, and it said exactly the same thing you said, which is if you don't understand the business, how do you know how to apply security to that? Yeah, you know, it, it's critical, it's absolutely critical. And I think, so the, the next thing is understand, and this sounds cliche, but understand the, the organization's risk appetite and then be yeah. able to talk to that in the board's language. So again, you know, the CFO talks about risk in a certain way. You know, operations in Europe talk about risk in a certain way. Operations in Australia talk about risk in a certain way. So you need to be able to, and it takes a little while to do this. You know, you have to sit in a board meeting or two and listen to everybody else. And you kind of get a a sense after a while, you kind of get the rhythm of how people are talking about risk. And that, I don't know, that, that was the thing that I think that helped me the most to, to be able to develop a verbal cadence that the board understood. Number four, and, and this is a bit of an intangible, but I say, you know, boards have a vast array, uh, diversity of experience. You need to meet them with where they are. So you may have the CEO of Home Depot. You may have the CEO of Sony. You may have the, the CEO of Fox News, you may have, you know, you may have CEOs of a vast diversity of organizations and mm-hmm. they bring all that to, to the board meeting. So you need to meet them where they are. You need to, you know, um, you know, if you've, if you have a C, if you have one of your board members, that's been a CEO of a company that's had a big data breach or had a ransom, big ransomware event, or had any kind of a big security incident, I guarantee you, they have a perspective on security and it may not align with you. And I've been through this in a, in a couple of companies now where, you know, people on the board had, you know, they had had gone through really, really horrible security incidents and not that they thought they were an expert on them, but they had definite views on how do you deal with the security incident? How do you, mm-hmm. and in retrospect, how should you prepare for a security incident? But, you know, sometimes it creates a little conflict, but I tell you what, there's nothing better for a CISO than having somebody like that on the board that can give everybody else the religion. Right, right. Number five, and, and again, this sounds a little bit cliche, but I say, be prepared to spend time preparing. We had a board meeting every 12 weeks, and I spent 11 weeks out of that 12 weeks preparing for the board meeting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we usually took a week off after the after the board meeting and, and came up for air, but then got right back in. You know, y- you have so much information that you could present, and you have to you have to whittle this down to a really small window of time to present it in. And you know, my CFO in my last company was amazing. He was phenomenal. You know, I would go in and think week eight, and I would say, okay, here's the brief. And he would say, what about this? What about this? I like this. I don't like this. And I, my gosh, I don't think one of my presentations ever ended up with where it started, but they were always a thousand percent better because one, one, Mm -hmm. I was relying on his experience, but again, he has a different perspective and you know, you're, you're able to take that, but, but it takes a lot of time to, to prepare for a board meeting if you're going to do it right. So be prepared to spend time preparing. And the last one, and again, it sounds kind of ridiculous to say it, but always tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, that means a lot, but the, the problem is this, is you always know more information than you really need to tell the board. And oftentimes, you know information that isn't ready to tell the board. You may know of an, uh, uh, you may have an investigation underway for a security incident and that or what you think is a security incident, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily want to tell the board that you have something going on because you may not know, you know, the, there's mm-hmm. a lot of nuance in security, right. but you hear about this all the time where CISOs avoid telling or they don't tell the whole truth. And I tell you, I, I would rather tell the truth than tell a half truth because it, those are the ones that get you in trouble. So, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, and, that's that's expected anyway to always tell the truth but i would say that there's there's a nuance to that that we need to understand yeah yeah that's good i want to come back to one of the things you said and that was that um yeah. understand the organization uh, the organization's risk appetite be able to discuss in the board's language that's an interesting one because one of the things i hear from a lot of companies when they first you know companies the board director good sized companies public companies when they first say let's hire a CISO. And they bring in the CISO, and very often the CISOs say that the, one of their biggest challenges is getting the board to define what their risk appetite is, because they never had to do it in terms of something that like a CISO would understand, right? It's and any thoughts on how do you get the board to actually frame what their risk appetite is? Yeah, that's a great question, and I again I think it's something. It takes a little bit of time. You need to. It takes time to as you're. As you're sitting in a board meeting, you're listening to everybody else talk about the risks to the business. It takes a while to to kind of frame that to understand what that framework looks like. Again, all of this kind of fits together because a board it, it there may be a point in time. I mean, there are there are different risk appetites at different times right. in, in a company's right. evolution. So you know, I don't I don't think there's a, an answer for that, Bob. I mean, it's, it's something that's probably different for every company, but you actually have to tease it out. And, and I tell you, one of the things that I have always done is in my last several jobs, even before I, before I formally accepted the job, I said, hey, I want to talk, talk to a couple of the board members before I take to this job. So okay. I would set up a call. And, and, and this is one of the questions I would ask him is, what's your risk appetite? And, and, and they would uh, almost inevitably would say, well, what do you mean by that? And I'm like, <laughs> well, well, I mean, you know, I need to do certain things to be successful in, in my job and, and make the company resilient in cyber. 
but that's going to cost some money. It's going to take some political power. I need to make sure that I have support from the, from the board and the CIO, CEO as I take some of these things forward. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is dependent upon how much capital the, that you are willing to spend on me reducing the risk. So I, I don't know that I was always successful in, in having this conversation. In fact, I know I wasn't. There were some board members that, that felt like I was being a little bit too pushy, but at the same time, it gave me a good sense of where I needed to invest my political capital in developing those relationships. That's good, thank you. Uh, how, how does the relationship between CISO and the board change because of COVID-19? The biggest thing was the fact that most companies had to go from zero to 100 with work from home. And that work from home created a lot of risk that I think, I don't know that this happened in, you know, in fact, I know it didn't happen in every case, but the, it increased the risk for every company because mm -hmm. we had to do things in a very short period of time, knowing that, that we may have been violating our own policy that we were circumventing some of the procedures that that we wouldn't normally do and but mm -hmm. knowing also that we were we were creating a catalog of these things that we had to go back and fix at some point in time so i think you know the what you just asked is the the boards every board in the world probably said okay what does this thing mean to our security and i think probably the biggest it, it, it probably made the relationship a bit better from the perspective of visibility, but it also raised the bar on expectations that while we have, while we know that we have a lot of urgent needs to meet to, to keep the company in business, we're doing some things that we have to pay attention to because we may be creating more risk for ourselves. Mm -hmm. One final question for you. And, and it's a, it, it, it comes off a little bit of one of the, the points that you made earlier, you know, about what being honest with the board, but are there some things that the CISO is better just not discussing with the board and maybe not incidents, but you know, broader issues. Are you going to get pulled into a rabbit yeah. hole? I guess. Yeah. A good question. I mean, I think there's obviously political issues that, you know, that are probably better left, you know, not talked about. And I'll give you an example. You know, you look at the, again, I don't want to be, I don't want to be political either, but, you know, in the current administration, there are people that believe um, that they're going the right direction with security and critical infrastructure and regulation. And on the other side, you know, there are people that believe that the administration is going in the wrong direction. In many cases, in a lot of cases, some of these directions act directly impact a company. And mm -hmm. I'll, you just look at, at, you know, at the encryption debate. Um, yeah, which, good you know, one. We could have, you know, I'm going to write a paper on that pretty quick here. Um, <laughs> this, this, you know, this is a big deal. I mean, it's a technology issue. It's a policy issue. It's a risk issue. But, you know, you can see it right now. There are, from a political perspective, you know, there are definitely two different schools of thought on this. So I think, you know, obviously staying away from things like that that are opinion and not fact-based are right. really important. And, but, you know, I still go back to, to what I said earlier and what you just alluded to. You know, there, the, there are some things that, unless they're well-baked, I don't want to raise the concern of the board. I don't want to tell the board something that I don't have an answer to. You know, so, you know, you bring an issue up and, and you start getting 20 questions on it. Unless you can't answer them, it goes back to my number one. 
you take away from the confidence that the board, do you want the board to have in you? Yeah. So, so you don't want to, I don't think you want to tell them about things that you are not prepared to, that you don't have good answers to. Right. Right. That's good. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of CSO's Executive Sessions. We've been speaking with Mark Weatherford, Chief Strategy Officer at the National Cybersecurity Center. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Bob. Glad to be here. CSO Executive Sessions shares the expertise and insights of leading security and risk executives. To learn more about how security and risk leaders are addressing today's dynamic risk environment, make sure to visit us at csoonline.com. And be sure to catch future CSO Executive Sessions by subscribing to this podcast on csoonline.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time for CSO Online and IDG, I'm Bob Ragdon. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.